Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. For those of you who don't know, Thanksgiving's holiday is one of the most important precious holidays to me as a person because growing up not getting into my story but for the most part all of my childhood I was always hungry never really eating to where you had enough and some of you can relate to that because you grew up in families please be seated you grew up in families that when your family served a meal they, in some cases, didn't serve you all you wanted. Uh, they just put a certain amount on your plate, and you had to eat everything on the plate. And you'd never ask for seconds unless it was asked of you. Because by and large, once everybody got served, in many homes, that was the end of the meal. Are you listening? And so there were many occasions, a lot of occasions, most occasions, where I was always over somebody else's house uh, eating, not just Thanksgiving, but eating by and large when I got a decent meal. And one of the things that I learned as five years old, six and seven and eight and nine, is that people are more inclined to invite you back over if you don't appear to be greedy. Somebody need that who's going visiting this Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I noticed early on as a child that when you, when, you, when, you, when you just receive what they gave you and never requested for more, that family many times was more inclined, at least in my experience, was inclined to invite you back. So there were a number of occasions where they would ask me, Stevie, are you full? Do you want some more? And I would say, I don't want any more. I'm full, but I wasn't full, and I wanted some more. But I knew I had to catch on early in life that when you appeared to be greedy and unthankful, people were less likely to invite you over with their children to enjoy a meal. So Thanksgiving is a very special time for me. That's why I had the people come up today because I wanted you to see them. Because if it was not for people like them, perhaps your pastor would not have survived as a child. And so Thanksgivings was a time that you could perhaps go over anybody's house in the community but mine and find pretty much a decent meal. Well, let me clarify. In my house, there was never a turkey cooked. In my house, there was never dressing made. Because my dad and I never 
had a turkey. And I'm not sure if Mr. Jonesy knew how to make dressing. So without looking like we were infringing on the community, my daddy, now that I'm old and understand life, I realize that he was permitting me to go while he would stay home because it would give a different impression to the community if he had a turkey plate along with his son. And so my daddy dealt or he, I would say, went without so that it wouldn't look so bad on our house that only the child in the house was seeking a meal for Thanksgiving. So today, I want to preach something else. But I'm persuaded to minister on this because of the season that we're in, and in a few days, a lot of us are gonna gain two to 10 pounds. <laughs> so the title of my message is The Spirit of Thanksgiving. The Spirit of Thanksgiving. If you would graciously put up Nugget number one, we, we have a few. Uh, I've been gathering them since I've been away. <laughs> Ready? E-church? E-church? Come on, I need you. I'm your pastor, so pay attention. Ready, E-church? Ready, church? Ready? Read. If you come any other way, you did not enter right. If you came in to get and not give, you came in wrong. You didn't come to get a word. You came to give praise. And by giving him praise, honor, and worship, you qualify yourself for a fresh word. Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. Thankfulness is a force, a lifestyle. It is a way of life. Nugget number three. Ready? Read. I know we only have just a little bit of time, but turn to your neighbor and smile and say, you need to hear this M more than me. It is impossible to be too thankful. Every child need to read this. It's impossible to be too thankful. Next nugget, please. I believe nugget number four. If we don't say any more and go home right now, if you, if you would apply this to your life, you'll go to the next level of blessing. Ready? Read. So it's difficult to remain thankful 
if your focus is wrong. Nugget number five. You've never, you have never seen a thankful person depressed. You have never seen a thankful person depressed. The reason some children always look mad and sad is because they're not thankful. And, and I know they're not thankful because yesterday uh, they gave food out for 273 children. And none of those children that we gave food to is in here. So yes, the children who got food yesterday should thank God that there was a line that their parents could go to to get food. But what about the child who didn't have to get in the line and all their needs are met? Thankful people are joyous people. Nugget number six. I told you I was gathering nuggets. Ready? Read this slow. Ready? Read. I would ask you to read it again, but somebody might get mad. Go to Nugget number seven. You have to keep fueling unthankfulness to remain unthankful. Just like a car need gas, unthankful people need fuel. I'll come back to it. Last nugget, nugget number eight. Read it again, please. Thankful people are always giving. And because they're always giving, they're always receiving. Because God has covenanted to always bless people who are thankful. Can somebody say amen? amen? Let's get busy. Let's go to the largest book of the Bible. The spirit of thanksgiving. Let's look at chapter 100. Are you there? Now, I want to build my message or my teaching on Psalms 100, verse number four. And the more I studied it, The more I studied it, 
And the more I gave attention to it, the more I realized that it's difficult to understand verse 4 without understanding verse 3. And then I kept looking at verse 3. And I said, you can't really understand verse 3 until you look at verse 2. And then the more I stared at verse 2, I realized you couldn't really understand the point that's being made without reading verse 1. And the more I looked at verse 1, the more I realized you can't understand what God is saying here unless you read it all together. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. In other words, God's not impressed with a silent church. Matter of fact, silence sometimes is a sign that he's not there. Have you ever grabbed a hold of a live wire and remained silent? Anybody ever been shocked? You know, put your hand on something in an outlet or something? You ever notice that there's so much power in that outlet that it overrides your personality? That there's so much juice, there's so much power, that it doesn't care about your personality, it doesn't care about the color of your skin, it doesn't care about your culture, it doesn't care about what side of the tracks you were raised on. When you tap into that kind of power, it demands a response. And when you tap into the power of God, it demands a response. Make a joyful shout. Unto the Lord, all your land, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. You don't need a praise team. You are the praise team. You don't need a choir to pump you up. You are the choir. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, it makes me want to sing and dance and give him praise. Please, please. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastors enter into his gates with thanksgivings. When I am not thankful, that means I am focusing on the wrong thing. When I focus on the right thing, I become thankful and grateful. When I focus on the wrong thing, I become depressed and discouraged. And I don't know about you today, but the Lord is on my side. And if God is on your side, you cannot win or lose in any battle. Mm -hmm. Can somebody say amen? It says, it says, look at the last verse. Enter his gates with thanksgivings. And enter his courts with praise. How did you come in? 
Hold on now. How did you come in? Because you can't approach God any kind of way. No more than you can approach the president any kind of way. You got to go through different channels to get access to the president of the United States. And there are certain things you have to go through to get access with the presence of God. So how did you enter in? Did you come to church expecting the, the praise team and the choir to do your job? See, when you come to church, the praise team, you're supposed to join in. If all you do is let them sing and you don't open your mouth, you came for entertainment. And they can't praise God for me. I thank God for the praise team, but they can't praise God for me. Because they don't know like I know what God, ooh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Jesus. And into his courts with praise, be thankful to him. Verse number five wasn't included, but I'm going to add it. For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures through all generations. Stand to your feet. You, you've been sitting long enough. Tell, tell, go tell three people, I'm looking for things to be thankful for. Yeah, yeah, tell three people, I am looking for things to be thankful for. Come on, tell somebody else. I am looking for things, things, things to be thankful for. Come on, tell somebody. Get up off your rusty dusty and tell somebody, I'm looking for things to be thankful for. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm not preaching no more today. I'm looking for things. I'm looking for something that will make me praise God. I'm looking for something that will make me glorify his name. I'm looking. I'm still looking. I'm looking for something that will get me out of myself and give God praise. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm searching my heart while I am standing here trying to find something on the inside of me that I can thank God for. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking for things to be thankful for. I'm looking. I'm looking. I pray to God I'm not the only one looking this morning. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking for things to be thankful for. I'm going to say something that's a little off, a little off the path, but it is a truth. I'm thankful that out of all the places 
that I could have been born. I thank God I was born in the United States of America. With all her problems, with all her shortcomings, I done been on a lot of vacations and I thank God it was just a vacation. As nice as it was, I didn't want to stay. Some of you this morning need to take about 10 seconds and thank God you were born in the United States of America because you've never done it. I, I know, I know, I know it can be a little challenging for some of you, you know, with the history. Amen. I share that history. And I'm a history buff. And knowing all that I know about this country, I'm still grateful. I'm glad to be in Kansas City, the Super Bowl city. Please, please have a seat. So verse number four, this is the way God wants us to come into his presence. And this is a little off, but, but it, if you're, if, how do I want to say it? You don't approach royalty with a downcast disposition. This is not the message, but you remember Jeremiah. Not, not, not Jeremiah, we remember Jeremiah, thank you, thank you. out on the front row, boy. But do you remember Nehemiah? How he got the heathen to pay the bill for rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. But before he got permission, remember he first had to get enough gumption. I don't know what gumption means, but I heard Dad Hagen say it. He had to get enough gumption to go before the king. Now, Nehemiah was a cupbearer, which simply means that when somebody was serving the king something to drink or eat, Nehemiah had to drink from the cup first. And when Nehemiah would drink from the cup, the king and all of the courts would look at Nehemiah to see how long he would live. So Nehemiah was important to the king. But one day, Nehemiah approached the king, and the king noticed that he looked depressed. And it was against the law to come in the presence of the king looking depressed. I'm preaching now, boy. It was an insult. Just like it's an insult for you and I to come to church and get in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and look depressed. It's an insult to God 
for you to look like he's not going to pull you out. It's an insult to God for you to look like you're not going to make it. Before God shaped you in the belly of your mother's womb, he already made a way for you to make it through every test and every trial that you would ever face. That's why you keep coming out. And when you get in trouble, you come out of that. And when you get in something else, you come out of that. Because before you got in it, God made a way for you to get out of it before you got in. Oh, Jesus. Please, please. Join those who are sitting down. You're laughing, but I'm not. Because I always watch you get up and I always watch you remain seated. It may not tell you anything, but God speaks to me all the time. Mm -hmm. You got me? Mm -hmm. Watch and there you go. So we're to go to church with thanksgivings and praise in our hearts. Your, your second nugget said, thankfulness is a force. Thankfulness is a lifestyle. Thankfulness is a way of life. My wife will attest that I work overtime. And the members of Harvest Church who's been here for years, they watch me work overtime to remain thankful. That's why I always talk about where God has brought me from because I don't want anybody to get amnesia to think my life has always been like this. And it is telling your story of where God brought you from that guards your heart from being full of pride and arrogancy to forget where you came from is to grow cold and indifferent. And I know some of you who are astute in scripture, you would want to say, hold on preacher, but Paul, Apostle Paul said, I forget those things which are behind, but you got to go and study it out and, and read it in its context. He wasn't saying you don't forget your past. He was saying you don't stay focused on your past, but you can't forget your past. Why? Because your past is what makes you grateful for the present. Apostle Paul was not saying, forget your past. He was saying like driving a car. You can't go down the road looking in your rearview mirror. He wasn't saying, forget your past. He was saying, don't focus on it. There's a difference. To forget your past is to forget you. That's the problem with some of you now. You've worked overtime to try to forget your past and now you become arrogant and snooty and you stink. Yeah. 
It has made you ungrateful. Oh, Jesus, let's, let's go on here. Uh, in nugget number three, it says, it is impossible to be too thankful. Thank you, Jesus. 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 See, you might get tired of, but, but there, there's not enough time for me to continue to say, thank you, Jesus. And, and, and they're not wasted. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of those thank you, Jesus, has got something tagged on the end of it that I'm thankful for. Now, let's look at this. Because I said thankfulness is created by focus. Say that with me. Thankfulness. Thankfulness is created by focus. The Holy Ghost is dealing with me. When you first saw her, when you first saw him and you knew in your heart that that was going to be your husband or your wife, you got away from everything and everybody who would mess with your focus. You didn't give any woman on the job any time because it was clear to you she was trying to mess with, with your focus. If a sister in the church seemed a little fresh in the hallway, you, know, you took another exit because you didn't want to mess around with anybody who would mess with your, with your focus. And so as long as you kept your focus on your wife, you kept your focus on your husband, you remain thankful. You were you was glad that God had, out of all the people on the planet, that God chose such a precious jewel like your husband or your wife, and he gave that person to you. But then something started missing with your focus. And after a while, because your focus was wrong, you start looking at somebody that you cherished and loved. And now you're looking at them with an unthankful heart. And nothing's changed. She's still fine. He is still handsome. Help me, brothers even though the afro is gone. But I've come to discover that the bald eagle flies higher than all the other... <laughs> Don't mess with me this morning. For the sake of time, let's go to the last book of Moses chapter 8 or the last book of the law <laughs> the spirit of thanksgiving the spirit of thanksgiving say it the spirit the spirit the spirit of thanksgiving 
Look, look at the last book of the law, chapter 8. And let's draw our attention to verse, oh, this is powerful, number 10. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Look at verse 10. If you're not there, act like you are. Look at verse 10. Ready? Read. Stop right there. This really ministers to me at Thanksgiving time because you have to be careful when you get fooled. Um, that's why I've never stood before you preaching with a full stomach in 30-something years. Most of the times when I've come before you, I haven't eaten because food, uh, particularly heavy in your, in your gut or your intestines can, can play tricks with, with your thoughts. Why? Because you think different when you're full than you do when you're hungry. And you hear different with a full stomach than you do when your stomach's empty. Mm -hmm. So look at the text. It says, when you have eaten and are full. So God is saying, you might be in trouble today. But to everybody who's in trouble, you need to know that trouble is seasonal. Whatever you're in is seasonal. God Almighty. Being broke is seasonal. Oh, Jesus. Are you, are you listening to me? So he says in verse number 10, he says, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord, your God, for the good land Don't, don't get to a place of blessing and think you did it. Because if you think you got the wealth, then you won't be so inclined to let it go when God asks for it. Verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. Test when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses, living better than you ever lived in your life, and you're dwelling in them, mad because you got to cut grass when there was a time you didn't even have grass to cut. Some of you are mad because it's fall and the leaves are falling. And you don't want to rake the leaves. And most of your life, you didn't even have leaves to rake. For the mere fact you have leaves to rake is a sign that you own a home. Yeah. 
people in an apartment don't rake leaves. And when your herds and your flocks flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, God says, be careful. I'm going to mess with you prosperity folk because prosperity is the will of God, but it has a downside. And if you focus too much on it, you'll miss God. When your stuff starts multiplying, you have to be careful. And I've shared with you this before, is that prosperity, if you don't guard it, it will cause leanness of soul. You become critical and judgmental to try to justify your stinginess. You're stingy because you're ungrateful. Oh, God, he ain't saying nothing now, Jesus, but I'm going to preach it anyway. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land, Steve, and the house of bondage, God is saying, Steve, I know where you came from, but I'm going to take you to a blessed place. When you get there, don't forget me. Are you listening to me? I don't need you to buy me a turkey now. I can buy my own. And when I testified earlier about my childhood, that season is over. But now that it's over, I refuse to forget that season of my life. Why? Because remembering that season makes me grateful for this season. And it guards my heart from looking down on people who are in a season that I used to be. Ooh, Jesus. For God's warning to Israel for the coming days of prosperity. And I would say to the members of Harvest Church that there's a wind that will blow in this house that will open doors for you that no man can close. We've been through a lot of seasons in this house. But this is a season of unexplainable breakthroughs. Unexplainable. Some of you got sons and daughters that it looks impossible for them to ever come back to the borders of God. But supernaturally, God is going to snatch them out of the, out of the hands of the enemy. And he's going he's to touch their twisted mind. And a, and a birthing, a birthing, a birthing of the things of God are going to be birthed in your sons and your daughters by the Spirit of God because we have entered into a season of supernatural breakthroughs. 
Your fifth nugget, please. Your fifth nugget says, thankful people are joyous people. Thankful people are joyful people. Have, have you ever been around somebody who's thankful? If you hang around them long enough, they'll make you repent. Some of you need to get out a little more and see the rest of the world so you can see how blessed you are. As challenging and as many unresolved issues that we have in our country, the United States of America, wouldn't it cause you to question with all the problems that we have that most of the world is still trying to get here? Now, I do have some theological challenges, and when the time comes for me to speak in Washington, I will let them know because it's some form of what I call the Trojan horse. And you, for, for lack of a better term, you see, if you come into my house, then you have to abide by my rules if you're going to come in my house. You, you see, I'm not going to fall out with you and your children. But see, you can't bring your kids in my house and your kids, your kids go and talk about, no, yeah, and, and, and go in my refrigerator. They got to ask. Now, I'm not saying they can't have it, but there's a procedure. Are you listening to me? You can't, you can't cuss in my house. You see, I, I don't cuss. So you can't cuss. And, and I didn't invite you over into my house for you to give a, me a piece of your mind of what you think about my decor. I didn't ask you how you thought my house looked. I said, have a seat. And I pointed to the seat. I pointed to the seat because I didn't invite you over just to walk all through my house. Come on in. See, some of y'all don't know what that means. And you do it when you come to church. Oh, praise God. Welcome, brothers and sisters. Have a seat. Oh, Jesus. So America is facing challenges today because we're letting people in who don't want to abide by America's rules. Oh, God. You see, if you, don't want, if you don't want to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the God that the founders worshiped when they established the nation, but you want to come in and worship another God, then you need to stay in the country where they worship Muhammad. You don't come here to practice Islam. You go to Mecca.
people apply to come to Harvest Christian Schools. And the parent says, I want my children in school. I've heard so many wonderful things, but when it comes time to pray, I don't want my kids praying. When it comes time for them to go to Bible study, I don't want my children attending your Bible study. But I'm excited about how you are teaching them to learn and how to read. I said, well, part of the Bible study and teaching about Jesus is what has given them the ability to learn. So if your child wants to come to this school, they can't face the East unless they're facing the East to talk to Jehovah. Did they keep their children in the school? No. Why? Because we were not going to compromise what's made us successful as a Christian school. At Harvest Christian Schools, we don't worship Buddha. We don't worship Halloween. And we don't worship Christmas. We worship Jesus. The Christ, the Son of the living God. Mm. Let, let me finish now. Let me finish. Ooh, Jesus. Go to Psalm 68. Psalm 68, verse 19. That's why America's in trouble. Let all these people in. They don't want to worship your God but they want to enjoy the blessings that worshiping your God has produced. We have what we have because we, have, we worship God. Now you got all these folk coming in. They want your stuff, but they don't want your God who produced the stuff. And so you let them in under the umbrella of freedom. And what you call freedom is choking the very life out of this nation. You can't let the devil in and expect him to act right. Just like if you want to raise your children a certain way, you have to keep your children from certain children. And let the child and their parents be mad. And save your child. Psalm 68. Psalm 68 verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Who daily loads us. Well, let me make it personal. Bless the Lord, Steve, who daily loads you with blessings and benefits. The God of our salvation, Selah. Blessed be the Lord who daily, how often? I'm looking for something right now. I'm looking for something right now. I'm looking for something to thank God for. Let's close with this, 1 Thessalonians. I close with this, the spirit of thanksgiving. First Thessalonians. 
First Thessalonians. Let's look at chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five. Are you there? Let's let's look. Oh man, this is all good. Look at verse eighteen. I think my wife made reference to this when she was uh, standing on the platform. Ready? Read. Would you read that again? Go ahead. In everything, give thanks. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Back up just for a minute, video department, to verse number 16. Very lengthy, lengthy passage. Take a deep breath before you start to read it. Ready? Read. Hold on now, hold on. Don't, don't, don't. Hold on. Rejoice always. Next verse. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Verse 18 again. Hold on. So there are three specific things that are the will of God for you and I. Number one is to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. I need to say that again because most Christians don't pray. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in and these three specific things are the will of God for you and I to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks. So it's difficult to give thanks if you don't rejoice. And if you don't rejoice, you don't feel like praying without ceasing. And if you don't pray without ceasing, which just simply means you're communicating with God. And when you stop talking to God, you stop being thankful for all the things he's done. And you heard me say earlier with one of your nuggets, that unthankful people are critical and they're judgmental. And I said to you that unthankfulness needs fuel. That's why unthankful, critical, judgmental people are always looking for fuel. And their fuel is other people unloading that junk on them. That's why you'll get a call from somebody you never got a call from. They're looking for fuel. 
you agreeing with them gives them fuel of their disposition of unthankfulness. And got quiet now. Would you have been somebody's fuel? Mm-hmm. And got quiet on me, Jesus. Well, back up to, to verse to chapter number one, and I close. First Thessalonians chapter number one, and let's look at verse two. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our Father. This is Paul, remember, he says, replay the memories of God's blessings. Paul is talking He's telling the churches. Now, he's talking to the churches that he founded. And he's telling those churches, I pray for you. Harvest Church, I pray for you. To the Harvest Church members who are part of the E-Church, I pray for you. To the West Branch, I pray for you. The North Branch, I pray for you. The South Branch, I pray for you. The East Branch, I pray for you. In Morovia, Liberia, I pray for you. And that's what Paul was saying. He said, I, I, I want to put you in remembrance that I pray for you. God. Verse number three is one of the most remarkable verses, I believe, in all of the Bible. He says, number one, he says, remember. He says, I remember your work of faith. He's talking to the churches that he founded. He said, I remember uh, your work of faith. I remember your labor of love to the people who were standing here today. That was a labor of love on Saturdays. They could have stayed in bed, could have went to the beauty shop or the barber shop or washed the car or cut the grass. But they came to serve some people, to give people something who couldn't give anything back. And Paul says, I remember your labor of love. And then last he said, your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.